Hi everybody, thank you so much for joining me again on my podcast, Raising Little People. I'm on a mission to help you be the very best version of yourself to give your child the best start in life. Um, And I'm here today because uh, I've just come back from my lovely morning walk on a Tuesday morning. uh, I tend to go to the beach, especially when the tide's out and today it was on its way in. Um, But I went down to the beach and you know, I was just sitting there thinking as I do, and I just let things pop into my head. And I made a bit of a bold statement on one of my Instagram posts recently. And uh, I really want to talk about it because my post basically said parenting doesn't need to be so hard. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there right now, a lot of you you um, guys out there right now that would completely disagree with me. Parenting is one of the hardest things you've ever, ever had to do. And uh, I would agree. <laughs> I would completely agree. Um, you know, forget any job out there. Uh, parenting would be one of the hardest things. But don't you don't you hear that all the time? Don't you feel that that is out there? You know, I, I read a different post this morning and somebody said, what, what was one thing in your parenting journey that it was different to when you first started out? And so many people put on there it was harder than they thought it was going to be. Um, and I and I would agree until you embark on something, till you take part in something, you don't actually realise how hard it's going to be. I remember rocking on to, you know, starting my degree when I was in full time work, uh, full time as a nursery manager and uh, two small children. Victoria was um, about eight, I think. And then Sam was 14, 15. And uh, I thought, oh, you know, I'll be able to fit all of this in. I'll be able to sort everything out. Some days I was pulling my hair out. I just remember standing at my back door thinking, what am I doing? Why am I here? This is just way too stressful. But you know what? I didn't give up on it. And I had this vision uh, for my degree, particularly. I had my this vision that I was going to get a first and nothing was going to stop me getting that first. And in amongst everything, in amongst, you know, bringing up two little children at that time, Sam being a teen teenager, um, running a house, being a manager full time. I did that degree and I got that first. And you know what? Sometimes when I sit there thinking, oh, man, this is this is whatever I'm going through is really hard work. I come back to those moments and those things that in my life that I think, yeah, that was really hard work. But you know what? I've done it. And parenting, I have to say, my children are now 31. Sam's 31. He's a dad himself. Victoria's 25. And you know, I can honestly sit there and say, through the heartache that we went through, we bloody well did it. You know, and I have a fantastic relationship with my children. Um, I cannot tell you, they mean the absolute world to me, as in any children to parents mean their absolute world to them, of course. But you know, as, as a brief insight to my story really and everybody's got a story everybody's got some shit that they've had to deal with and I'm no different you know I'm I oh so you know when I had my children young Sam was a Sam, Sam wasn't 18 I was 18 I was 18 when I had Sam you know quite frankly uh first boyfriend you know one thing led to another and that's what you do when you're that age and hey presto Sam was created and you know what it was the best thing that ever happened to me um whole different ball game to talk about you know being pregnant when you're 18 and not really meant to be but do you know what my dad had this my dad had this saying very very quickly when I I was pregnant he sat me down and he said um if you get rid of this baby you are not welcome here and do you know what that has stuck with me forever 
and Sam is now 31 and my parents absolutely adore Sam and Victoria and you know that they, they've got five grandchildren they they adore them all but you know for for the sheer fact of of you know being pregnant at 18 and and having Sam for my dad to say that I thought that took an awful lot of strength because I think you know as a family we could have been really embarrassed about the whole thing you know my mum and dad were very well known in our village um and do you know what we we my mum and dad helped me through we we got through it and unfortunately because I was so young um I grew up overnight and uh their, their dad didn't grow up overnight you know god forgive him he was not even 18 himself he was 17 at the time when we got pregnant I mean Jesus um so you know to suddenly for a girl to be settling down is is a lot easier actually the way my brain was developing at that point I could see that I suddenly grew up overnight and uh it, it was my turn to settle down and that's what I was going to do I was going to be a mummy and my whole world changed I became a mummy wholeheartedly 100% became a mummy uh, at, at nearly 19 years old and then um we stayed together it was very, very turbulent, very up and down. I mean, I was desperate to then settle down completely, buy a house, get married. That's what you do. It was kind of like um, that was the norm. That's what my mum and dad had done. That's what you do. So I had tried to kind of create that, I suppose. But in his head, he was 18, 19 years old. And all he wanted to do was get out with the lads, you know, meet different people and all of that. No idea. You know, all sorts of things must have been going through his head. Um but you know, after I then we then had uh, we we then had Victoria. I mean, she I just remember so clearly, really, really wanting another baby, and I was twenty three at the time, and um, <clears throat> you know we we got I can't remember the sequence of everything now, but you know we got married, we did get married, <laughs> we did buy a house, we had Victoria, so I had my two beautiful children. By the time I was twenty four. I had Sam and Victoria and my goodness, they were just my absolute world. But of course, their dad, it wasn't there. It wasn't his world, not in a million years. And for one reason or another that I won't go into, he didn't he didn't do the right thing. Um, <clears throat> he didn't do right by his children. He didn't do right by me. Um, the whole thing fell apart. And, you know, it, it was traumatic. Um, I remember for poor Victoria, for the first four months of her life, bless her heart, she cried. And it's no... It's no wonder when I look back because, you know, their dad left me when I was four months pregnant. I mean, if that's not a, a bloody trauma to deal with at the time, you know, there I was at a tender age of 24, already got my beautiful little boy, um, pregnant with my beautiful little girl, thinking that life was going to be sorted. We've got married and settled down and then suddenly blown up into complete chaos um, because he left me when I was four months pregnant he went off with someone else and it was just horrendous and my my poor baby when she was born cried for four months no wonder it was a trauma before she'd even been born you know but do you know what in amongst all of that I decided when subconsciously I think when I then had salmon tour on my own um I remember feeling like turning away from the whole world and completely and utterly shielding them from everything that was going on. I didn't want their world to be so turned upside down by what was going on that I had created with their father, unfortunately. I felt so much responsibility for the fact that this was happening that I literally, he left 
and to this day he left for good. Now that has caused issues in our family as we've been growing up, of course. Um, and you know, if he's out there anywhere and you're listening to this, you take note, mate, I tell you. Um, but do you know what? I literally turned and I shielded and I put this great big canopy, this cape over me and my children. And I thought I'm gonna do this my way. And I have learned, when I look back now, uh, in 25, 30 years ago, when I was, you know, a new mum, a young mum, dealing with trauma, dealing with relationship breakdown, divorce, I lost my house, all by the time I was 28, the whole thing had fallen apart, apart from the fact that I decided how my mummying, how my parenting was going to go and how it was going to look. And I decided in the same way that I've manifested my degree, I manifested now my partner, Charlie, I've manifested my house that I live in, the career that I've made for myself. I decided how my parenting journey was going to look and it wasn't going to be one of shouting, screaming, trauma, you know, stress, panic, not knowing what to do, anxiety, all of that. I was going to take control and I took control you know, I was not a controlling parent. And you'll often hear me saying, me and my children did this together. You know, and I often say to them, do you remember when we were little and we used to do that? It was like I grew up with them, you know, and this whole journey that I had was with my children. So if we came across situations that, you know, we didn't know how to deal with, I, I, I remember saying to Sam when he was 14, 15 years old, he suddenly wanted to go to parties. And I remember sitting down with him and saying to him, look, you know, I am a first time mum of a 15 year old that wants to go to parties and you're a first time 15 year old that wants to go to parties. Somehow we're going to have, have to figure this out because I'm anxious about you going out and what's going to happen. You're excited about the thought of going out and what's going to happen. You want to go out. I want you to go out. But I also want to know that I've got some rules in place to keep you safe. And you know what? We worked it out together on what that might look like. And we came, I remember one of the things we came to the conclusion on was the fact that he'd have his mobile phone with him and I wouldn't pester him. But at certain points in the evening, I would give him a quick call uh, or a text. And all I needed to hear was, yeah, I'm OK, mum. And we made that rule and he did that rule. It didn't it didn't always work perfectly. Of course, it didn't. He got wrapped up in what he was doing. And sometimes he came home and I was like, right, if you're not going to text me and let me know that you're OK, then next time we're not going to be able to go out. Um, but, you know, most of the time it worked. And the point there is that right the way through their childhood, I feel and I hope they feel this, too, is the fact that I worked with them. We worked things out together Um and I was present with my children. I made sure I had that time with them. And for most of the time when they were growing up, I worked, I worked in education, which was fairly simple at that point in the fact that, you know, we got ready together in the morning. We had a very, very particular routine in the morning. So I wanted to make sure my whole goal for when we left the house in the morning was to leave happy, um, that we could say bye bye, have a lovely day. All of us felt content and we were sorted. Now, rushing around without a routine, rushing around, trying to get them dressed and up out of bed and trying to get them sorted with lunch boxes and homework. And it just had to be organised for me. So I made sure I got up a whole hour earlier than they did. And I got myself completely and utterly ready. And do you know what? That was the best hour of the day. 
because I was in control. I love the mornings anyway. I was able to do my hair. I washed my hair every day when they were little. Every day I styled it. And every day I left the house feeling suited and booted and ready to go. But do you know what? I felt really good about that. I had a cup of tea in the garden or sitting downstairs if it was winter or raining or whatever. And I had that power hour for myself. And you know what? I got their lunch boxes ready. I got everything ready by the door. Their clothes were out ready by their bed. Um, breakfast was on the table. I'd already got myself sorted. And you know what? It was lovely. By the time I remember we had to hit 10 to 8. And if we hit 10 to 8, we could have 10 minutes watching the telly. You know, that was the thing that Sam and Tor like doing in the morning. And I said to them, right, if we get everything done in the morning... By 10 to 8, you can have, because we needed to leave at 10 past 8 to get everybody to school, to nursery, to work, for me to get to work at 10 to 9 or whatever. We needed to leave at 10 past 8. Um, it's funny how I remember that. That is so ingrained in me. I still remember that. Um, that was many moons ago. But do you know what? Most of the time that worked because I was a calm, present mummy. And I was just adamant that we were not going to have this shouty, screamy relationship where you do as you're told, you get dressed or else, you know, consequence, um, oh, behavior management. It just it just wasn't in our it just wasn't in our realm. That's just not how we grew up together. And I think it stemmed from the fact that there was there could have been so turbulent I could have literally crumbled in amongst everything that happened with their father. I could have literally turned to alcohol, turned to drugs, given up, you know, mindset of nothing works. The kids are a problem. They're his kids. Blah, blah, blah. It could have been absolutely chaotic. It really could. But I decided how that parenting journey was going to go. I decided how it was going to look. And I wanted my children to have the best start in amongst everything that could have gone wrong. And yes, they've grown up with limiting beliefs. Yes, they have questions about unanswered questions about their father. Big time, big time. Even now I can see it and we talk about it. Um, but, you know, I decided that I was going to be mum, I was going to be dad and I was going to be everyone in between that they needed. And I stepped up to that. And I'm so proud of myself for that. I'm so proud. Sometimes I just have to take a step back because, you know, I, I've had counselling on the back of it. I've I've dealt with so much mindset work. I, I'm doing mindset work now and healing traumas from whenever and sorting out limiting beliefs. And I think I just decided that I had a responsibility to my children. It wasn't their fault that all of this was going on. And so many times I see that the children become the problem. The children become the fault of everything. And they it's almost like people address their children as, as if they're the problem. And I just think, you know, from my journey, this is why I think parenting doesn't need to be so hard. Yeah, it's hard if you make it. It's hard if you decide it's going to be hard. It's hard if you blame them for everything. But if you take a step back and really understand you. Now, I know when I was a young mummy with my children, I know that I was traumatised by whatever went on. I know that I had to sort my own shit out and I sorted my own shit out, you know, and, and I was strong. I was strong in my mind that I was not going to allow any of that to really affect them, to really affect the day to day. I kind of knew that <clears throat> growing up there was going to be questions. 
I didn't know how the whole thing was going to manifest. I didn't realise that their father <clears throat> would actually leave and never come back. Um, and some people will disagree with me. But for me and my children at that point, that was probably the best thing. You know, it wasn't ever going to get any better with him. And oh, whether I'm right or wrong in that, I don't know. It sounds pretty selfish to say it, really. <coughs> but it, excuse me. <coughs> but it did really give me the opportunity to do parenting and be the parent that I wanted to be. I was so delighted to be a parent. I can't tell you. And I think a lot of that stemmed from my mum because <clears throat> my mum absolutely adored my sister and I. And I saw that so, so much when we were growing up. Um, and, you know, it wasn't perfect. Yeah, I got smacked on the bottom every now and again. It wasn't pleasant in a million years. But my mum loved us. And the, the times that I know that my mum absolutely adored us, particularly one memory that springs to mind is when we came to the end of a holiday now particularly the the some summer holidays my mum loved the summer holidays she loved being out of routine she loved us being at home she just loved being around us and i remember towards the end of the holidays we would always regardless of the weather and we'd been to the beach loads and loads of times in the summer holidays because we lived at the seaside near margate um but i remember at the end of the summer holidays regardless of the weather we would go to the beach and my mum sometimes would sit there on her deck chair looking out at the sea looking at watching us playing with her headscarf on it was blowing a hoolie or it was raining sometimes it's scorching hot but you know we went to the seaside and I always saw her a little bit sad oh it makes me emotional I, I saw her a little bit sad when we got to the end of the holidays because she'd loved us around so much she didn't want us to go back to school and I, I get really sad when I hear parents saying, oh, I can't wait to the end of the summer holidays. They're driving me mad. And I just think, why did you have children then? Why did you have children? You know, you knew, you know, this is going to be hard work. I can't stress that enough. As a parent coach now, I can't stress that enough. That it is going to be hard work. Anything that's worth having is going to be hard work. But I think a lot of the hard work comes from you, not from your children. Your children are living in the moment. Your children are present. They don't live for the future. They don't live for the past. They literally live with whatever's in front of them at that time. And that might be high emotion. That might be a tantrum that they're experiencing. That might be an expression of, you know, unwanted behaviour when they don't want to go to bed or they don't want to sit and eat their dinner. But also equally, you watch your little one when they're in flow when they're in their play because when children are in flow and in play their imagination goes absolutely wild they get into a deep level learning that is absolutely and utterly beautiful to watch it really is and to be invited into that play with children when they're in that mode and they're in that mode a lot of the time and the only way usually that they're in that mode is when you as a parent are at ease you know, when you understand, when you have a really good understanding of your developing child and understand why they're doing what they're doing at different stages, it makes life so much easier. If you learn how to interact with your child when they're having high emotion, we talk about emotional intelligence. Now, that that is a, a great, a great way and a great focus 
to to focus on your parenting skills when we watch and learn about emotional intelligence understand what's going on for yourself understand what makes you emotional understand what makes you happy understand what makes you sad cross angry frustrated but when you feel that we all feel those emotions all of us now children are no different in that children will feel these high emotions as much as we do but they've got no idea how to deal with any of it they literally turn to us for support all the time because they don't know how to deal with it yet when they have a tantrum all you want to do is fix it you know it but it, with emotional intelligence if you understand empathy for yourself you understand what emotions you're feeling and how what is making you triggered and how you then self-regulate life becomes so much easier to to know what to do with your child when they're dysregulated when they're having high emotional needs when they're having a tantrum they don't know how to deal with this emotion when they have a high emotional state and their nervous system is completely out of sync and they're in a red zone as i call it um the only way that they can come back down to earth is to co-regulate with you um and hang on, i've lost my flow <laughs> i can't remember what i was going to say about when they're in flow when they're but anyway, by learning about yourself and what emotional state you're in and then understanding why your child is going what they're going through what they're going through, you are able to interact with them on a whole different level. You understand, you know, what empathy is for them, looking at the world from their point of view and then being able to interact with them from their point of view helps them to understand their emotional intelligence. It helps them to develop in that way. You know, and this is this is a whole different ball game, whole different um, podcast, I suppose. But you know, when you when there's three elements that I teach my parents, and that is to learn about yourself, as I was saying, to learn truly to learn about emotional intelligence for yourself. Understand that this isn't going to be an easy journey, but it doesn't need to be quite so tough. If you have that level of understanding of yourself and you, if you, there is past trauma, everybody has past trauma to deal with. It can be incredibly intense or it can be mild trauma. Either way, we tend to label it all as trauma. So if you recognise some of that and parenting will bring up so many things that trigger you from past experience. You know, for me, it's one of the most triggering experiences you will ever encounter being with a child and bringing up a child from your past. Because you were only parent, the only way you learned how to parent was by being parented. And of course, being parented meant that you were a child at the time and your your brain was massively under construction. And then suddenly when you become a parent, they don't come with a manual. They don't come with a, a subscription. They don't come with a, a, a book or, a, you know, an instruction manual. Um, but so sometimes the only way to parent your child is by bringing past experiences of your childhood into present day. And you think, I've heard it. I've heard myself say to, you know, come on, do this or else. And you think, oh, what does that mean? That's really not a very nice saying, <laughs> you know, or else what? What is going to happen? Is this a horrible consequence that's going to happen? You know, um, but I think having a really good understanding of yourself is absolutely vital. And there's loads and loads of things we go through with that one from from mindset um, from learning about your triggers, um, learning about your limiting beliefs, 
learning about your vision as a parent, learning about, you know, what you want parenting to look like. Sorry, my phone is just running out of battery, so I'm just going to move it over here. As ever, my podcasts are very, very natural, not edited, so I'm just going with it. I learned that from uh, a lady that I work with who is absolutely fantastic. She does an unedited version of her podcast every week, and it's so natural. I love it. So I thought I'm just going to do my podcast like that. So uh, what we're on 23 minutes. Fine. Okay. so learning about yourself, as I've said, learning about your developing child, understanding that they're not the same as you. They're not wired the same as you are. They are developing. That's the whole point. The developing child means they've got a developing brain, a developing body. Um, So their brain is massively under construction and learning about emotional intelligence and what they're feeling at every certain point of their development you know, what speech and language they have, what physical development they have, what emotional intelligence they have, um, understanding why they bite at certain stages and ages of their life, why they have tantrums when they're two and um, tantrums when they're three and learning to say no when they're four and things like that. It's, it's really important for you to really understand, have a good level of child development good understanding of of what your child is going through at those points and then of course strategy strategy has to come into parenting because once you've got a good idea of yourself once you've got a good idea of of your developing child then you really need to then look at what values you want to have um what values you want for your family as they're growing up you know i often go through a scenario with parents where I say imagine your children are 30 and 25 now that's where my children are at. um what do you what do you want them to be what do you want them to do what do you want them to be doing with their life what kind of person do you want them to be who do you want them to be with you know what kind of friend do you want them to be what kind of partner do you want them to be um and then because I've got the privilege of doing that now you know, I, I didn't do that when they were younger because I didn't know to do this. But I can certainly look now at my children and think, did I do the right thing when they were little? In amongst all the trauma that we had, did I do the right thing? Do I look at my children and think they're well-rounded, that they're, they're good with partners, that they, they have a good job, that they have a good life? Do they feel good about themselves? And you know what? On a whole, they do. And I know that I I would never say 100% because I think everybody's got some limiting beliefs and um, trauma to deal with, of course. But on a whole, my children are tickety-boo and I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of the fact that in amongst all of that trauma, I was able to shield them and I was able to be mum, dad and everyone in between for those two. And And you know what? Nobody will ever take that away from me. I absolutely adore that. Um, so really understanding what values you want for your, your children, creating rules and boundaries is incredibly important and being consistent within those rules and boundaries is incredibly is incredibly important learning to say no to your children and then dealing with the fallout now that's not no to everything on most of the time I'd want to work with our children but sometimes you are the wiser parent it just is how it is sometimes children can't make decisions for themselves their brain is just not developed enough to do that and sometimes we have to just step in and go I'm sorry buddy it's no And then you have to learn to deal with the fallout because you push a child when they're four or five years old that they really want to do something. You're saying no, you know, they're going to kick off. They're going to have a tantrum. And I'm I'm sorry, that's just going to be how it is. But it doesn't mean you have to give in. You have to learn how to hold that emotion for them, not make them bad and wrong that they're reacting like that because they're reacting in a moment. 
They live in the moment, our children. But you have to understand, coming back to the you, you have to understand what mindset you're in, what triggers you are going to have when your child has a fallout, how you're going to interact with them to make sure that they are still loved unconditionally, even though they're behaving like that, even though they're telling you that you're the worst parent in the world, you're the worst mummy, you're the worst daddy, I hate you. They'll come out, they'll bring it all out. I think that's something that's just built into them somehow. They're this little pocket of speech and language that comes out. I had one little boy once tell me that he was going to chop me up with an axe. You know, I thought, well, you know, I'm sorry about that, but we're still going to sit here and do whatever we were going to do at the time. But he was so angry with me. But you've got to learn how to deal with that. So rules, boundaries, positive, positive consequence is the thing there. I'm not going to go into that too much. But, you know, it's okay to discipline our children. It's okay to have positive consequence. But there is a very big rule and understanding around discipline and consequence that has to be positive um i think i might do another podcast just on discipline and consequence um so i'm i'm gonna start wrapping that up because i'm so glad i've got that out i'm so glad because i've never really i've never really expressed myself so much with you know my my experience of being a, a parent when they were younger and what kind of trauma and situation we went through but I think the the whole thing that I want to get across here now is the fact that parenting parenting doesn't really need to be that hard. It just doesn't because you've you've got to do the work. You've got to understand what vision you want for your family moving forward, what you want your children to achieve and be and what kind of person they're going to be by the time they're 25, 30 years old into a fully fledged adult with a fully fledged adult brain. Um and then you've you've got to work back you've got to work back it's it's not a case of fumbling through every day and hope to god this all works you know it it's for you to be the captain of your ship i cannot stress that enough you've got to be in control you haven't got to be controlling it's not about being controlling at all but you've got to be in control of this thing called parenting it is a job you've taken on exactly the same way as you take on a job at work you get to work you know your routine you know your boundaries you know the consequence you know the outcome you want you know and then you work work, you are the leader of your own role at work and you get on with that job and it's the same as being a parent you know it's being a leader is is being a parent is being a leader you know you've got to be that captain of the ship you know, the children do what they do within the realm of their understanding and within the boundaries that you set for them. Um, but you've got to decide how that's going to look. Because it's too important to get wrong. That's my point with this. It's too important. When I decided to turn to be a parent coach, I decided that it was the children I was looking out for, if I'm being really honest. Because you're adults. You know, you have a fully functioning adult brain and you have the ability to be emotionally intelligent. You have the ability to understand that when you're having a meltdown, it's because of X, Y, Z. And you have the ability to know what to do with that, to change your mindset, to understand what to do with yourself to get you out of that. Children don't have that. They have one shot at being a child and they rely on us so, so much. I can't tell you, you know that. They rely on us for absolutely everything that happens. 95% of how they will conduct themselves in life is run from the programs that have happened and been written in their subconscious brain. 
5%, only 5% is what you see on the outside of conscious day-to-day running. So it's, and, and most of those limiting beliefs and that subconscious programming comes when children are pre-7. That's quite a lot to take on board that. When before they're seven years old, it's like children are born with a computer program that has the basic programs. When you turn your brand new computer on, it's got the basic programs. You then input everything. You then create files. You then create downloads. And everything for a child is exactly the same. You are downloading into their brain the whole time. But children are in in what we call a theta mode. They are just absorbing information and everything that they are being told in their subconscious brain must be right so if they're made bad and wrong or if they're not interacted with if their emotional support is not provided for them and if they're not allowed to express themselves they will make up limiting beliefs to say they're not good enough they're not worthy enough they're the two biggest things that we come through as you know think about some things as you're an adult what do you feel where you're not good enough or you're not worthy enough that all comes from your child pre seven, you know, and, and and I for one tried my absolute hardest. You can't you can't take away all limiting beliefs from from children. It's going to happen because it might not be you that said something. Something can be said so innocently to a child and they take it in one way. Their brain absorbs it in one way and they say, right, OK, the, your brain is designed just to keep you safe and to to keep you alive. That's it. It's not interested in anything else. So if it takes on a limiting belief by something someone said to them, you know, they will run that program and not not go anywhere near that that thing that's made them feel unworthy or not good enough or whatever. So it's it's a really important task. And I'm I'm in it for the children. I have to say I, I will help you parents out big time to make it absolutely right to make it to really understand your role. You've got to understand your role as a parent. You've got to understand you as a person being that parent. You've got to understand your developing child and you've got to understand your strategies, your values, your rules, your boundaries, your consequence, your behaviour, management, all of that. All of that is so important. So um, I'm so glad to have got that out. I can't tell you. Um, I feel really empowered right now. I hope it helps. Um, And let me know. Let me know in the comments. Send, Send me a DM, send me a message, whatever. Um, and if you'd like to work with me, then uh, please do let me know. Uh, I'm, I'm organising lots of things in the background right now, but it would be so good to work with you. Because if you're a parent that really wants to make sure your child has the best upbringing, you have got to work on yourself. You have got to come first. Most parents come to me and say, my child's not listening. My child won't do this. My child won't go to bed. My child is hitting out. Yeah. Yeah, they are because they're living in the moment. But most of the time, and I'm talking 99.9999% of the time, we will come back to you to start with you because the way you're interacting with your child could be having an effect on the way they're interacting with the world right now. So if you'd like to work with me, I'd love to go through this with you. Uh, We work on you. We work on your developing child. We work on strategies. And there's loads and loads of input that we can have around that. Let me know and we can set up a call and uh, chat through it more. Okay, lovely talking to you today and uh, thanks for tuning in. I very, very much appreciate it and I'll speak to you soon.